Let's open our Bibles together at this time to the book of Acts and the 16th chapter and verse 6. Acts 16.6 for our message from the Word of God this morning. Acts 16.6 is located on page 1171. Page 1171. That is if you're using the church Bible. Today's date is December 18th, 2022. Today's text is going to be in Acts 16.6 through verse 11. And the title of this morning's message is the dispensations, they are a-changing. How many of you remember Bob Dylan's song, The Times, They Are A-Changing? Raise your hand. Ah, look at all the old hippies. <laughs> well, this is the dispensations, they are a-changing. And we begin with the story of a Packer fan. <laughs> uh, a Packer fan who knew next to nothing about cars. So he took his car to a mechanic for an oil change. When the mechanic was done, he told the Packer fan, uh, it looks like your headlight fluid needs changing too. And the Packer fan said, Okay, go ahead and wait a minute. My headlights don't have fluid. You're trying to take advantage of me. And the mechanic said, Okay, you got me. But your tires really do need rotating. And the Packer fan said, you're not fooling me. My tires rotate all by themselves. <laughs> well, speaking of changing things like your oil and your headlight fluid, the book of Acts is a book of change. The book of Acts records the dispensational change from God's kingdom program for Israel to his grace program for the body of Christ. And here in our text in Acts 16, we are going to see proof of just how much things have changed. Beginning in verse 6, where, speaking of Paul and his helpers, it says, Now when they had gone throughout Phrygia and the region of Galatia and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. <laughs> now we better stop there. What's happening here 
is the Apostle Paul is out preaching the gospel of the grace of God and as he's deciding where to go to preach it next, the Holy Spirit forbids him to preach the gospel in Asia. Now, we're not told how the Spirit forbade him to preach the gospel in Asia. Maybe he spoke audibly out loud, or maybe he spoke in a vision like he does later on in this very passage. All we know for sure is that the Spirit does not speak to us in those ways today, now that the dispensation of grace has been fully ushered in. I like to say, if you're hearing voices, I recommend you seek professional help because you have a serious problem. And if you think you've heard from God in a dream, well, since next Sunday's Christmas, I will say what Scrooge said to that first ghost, that whatever you saw in a dream, it was probably caused by a bit of undigested beef from your supper the night before, right? <laughs> because now that the change from the kingdom program to the grace program is complete. The Spirit of God speaks only through the Word of God. He doesn't speak audibly or in visions or in your circumstances or in any other way. But now, here in verse 6, we have to ask, why the Spirit didn't want to let Paul preach the gospel in Asia? And to answer that question, it helps to remember that two years later, Paul did preach the gospel in Asia. As it says in your first reference in Acts 19 and verse 10. All they which dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. Now here I should add that when the Bible talks about Asia, it's talking about what we call Asia Minor. Remember learning about Asia Minor in school? It's not talking about the, the vast continent of Asia that we know to be uh, on the maps today. It's talking about a small section of Asia. But if all of that small section eventually heard the gospel, how come the Spirit didn't want Paul to preach the gospel to them in Asia here? In Acts 16. And the answer to that question has to do with how Paul was preaching it here in Acts 16. He was just going from small town to small town, like we saw him do in Lystra and Derby and Iconium. And listen, 
All of Asia was never going to hear the gospel that way. (laughs) You say, well then, how did Paul preach the gospel in Acts 19.10 to where they did all hear it? Well, in the context of Acts 19.10, look at your next reference in Acts 19.9 and 10. He, Paul separated his disciples, disputing daily in the school of a guy named Tyrannus. And this continued by the space of two years, so that this is how all in Asia heard the gospel. All they which dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus because Paul taught in that school for two years. Paul took his disciples aside, took them to a school, and taught them for two years. And as it says there, he also disputed with the guys who didn't agree with what he was teaching his disciples. And that made those disagreeing guys disciples. And then all of them went out together to all of Asia, and they were able to reach all the corners of Asia Minor. With that many people going out, all of Asia heard the word of the Lord. And if you think about it, that's how the gospel gets out today, isn't it? Men go to school or train like Oscar's doing in their church to be pastors and missionaries, and then they go out to all corners of the world. So in forbidding Paul to go to Asia here, the Holy Spirit was trying to get Paul to realize that he couldn't reach the world alone. The Spirit was trying to get him to examine what he was doing and improve upon it. And you know what? That's what God expects us all to do in the dispensation of grace as adult sons of God. Don't forget, God sees you as a fully grown adult son. And he expects you to act like a fully grown adult son. If you've ever heard of the Bible doctrine of adoption, that's what it's all about. In those days, in Bible days, the day that a Jewish boy was adopted in his bar mitzvah, he became an adult son in the eyes of his father. And he had to start thinking and making his own decisions and quit listening for the voice of his father telling him what to do every step of the way. And the day you got saved, God adopted you, according to Galatians 4, verses 4 to 6. God sent forth his son... What was the reason God sent forth His Son? Ultimately, it was so that we might receive the adoption of sons, and now He 
are sons just like those Hebrew boys used to be. And that means you have to make your own decisions instead of listening for the voice of your father to guide you every step of the way. Now maybe you're thinking though, well, but wait a minute, Pastor. What about all the Asians who died during the two years it took for Paul to get there and start that school? What happened to them? Well, you don't have to worry about them because they had already heard the gospel of the kingdom from people who heard it at Pentecost and brought it back to Asia. Look at your next reference where it describes what happened at Pentecost in Acts 2, verses, let's say, 5 to 41. Jews out of every nation under heaven, dwellers in Mesopotamia and Asia, heard Peter, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls got saved that day. And if you know your New Testament, you know that the next day, 5,000 more people got saved. And then, all those Jews went home to their respective homes with the gospel of the kingdom, including the Jews of Asia. And that happened... 12 years before Paul tried to preach in Asia. (laughs) So 12 years later, Asia Minor was pretty well saturated with the gospel of the kingdom. So there was no hurry for Paul to go to Asia and preach grace in Asia. And the same is true for an area we read about in verse 7 in your Bible. Verse 7 says, after the Holy Spirit forbade Paul to preach the word in Asia, after they were come to Mysia, they essayed to go into an area called Bithynia. But again, the Spirit said no. The Spirit suffered them not. But, we know that Bithynia was another area where the kingdom gospel had already been preached because Peter Peter wrote a letter to those kingdom saints in Bithynia. He starts it in 1 Peter 1.1 by saying, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Asia and Bithynia. Well, that shows you there was no there was no hurry for for Paul to preach grace in Bithynia either, right? But now if Asia and Bithynia were so saturated with the kingdom gospel, then why did Paul eventually go there and preach grace? I mean, Souls are just as eternally saved under one program as they are under the other program, right? So why did God allow Paul to go to Asia and Bithynia to preach? Well, 
The answer is that God wanted to show that he intended to flood the world with a grace message just as he had been doing with the kingdom message right up until the kingdom program stalled when they stoned Stephen. But as I read this story, i got to tell you, if I were Paul, at this point, with the Spirit telling me, don't go there, and don't go there, I think at some point I'd throw up my hands and say, well, where do you want me to go, right? (laughs) And in a minute, he's going to tell him where he wants him to go at that time. But here, he's, he's pausing to get Paul to think well about where he should go as an adult son. Make an informed decision. He's trying to get Paul used to how things were changing from the Spirit telling him what to do to him deciding what he should do. So the Spirit was was stalling here to get Paul to, once again, examine his methods. And as we read on, we see the Spirit stalls him a little longer in verse 8 in your Bible where it says that they, passing by Mysia, came down to Troas. Now, as we're going to see in a minute, Paul didn't stay in Troas long enough to preach the gospel. But you don't have to worry about them either because we know that later they did hear the gospel. Look what it says in Acts 20 and verse 6, speaking of Paul and his company. We sailed to Troas where we abode seven days. That's when Troas heard the gospel and probably Mysia since they were right next door. When you hold a tent meeting for seven days, I mean, people from the other towns usually come too. And if you know your book of Acts, you know that Paul preached night and day in Troas. Remember, it was in Troas that he was preaching long into the night and some guy was sitting in the third floor window and fell out and died. And Paul had to raise him from the dead. Kind of like I have to do when I give you a boring message. Raise you up there. But it was in Troas that the Spirit finally told Paul where he wanted to go. And we see that in verse 9. In verse 9 it says, And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A night vision. And Luke, who wrote the book of Acts, tells us what he saw. There stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, begged him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. Finally, the Spirit tells Paul where he wants to go by giving him what that verse calls a vision in the night. And you know what's going on there. In the past, God would give men visions in the night called dreams. Look at your next reference in Job 33, 15, and 16. In a dream, 
in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falleth upon men, in slumberings upon the bed, then he, God, opens the ears of men and seals their instruction. He gives them instructions in visions of the night, in dreams. That's one of the ways that God communicated with with the leaders of Israel right from the very beginning of Israel as a nation. Just like he told them he would in your next reference. In Numbers 12, 6, God said, If there be a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known unto him in a vision and will speak unto him in a dream. And here in Acts 16, we see God speaking to Paul and telling him to go to Macedonia in a dream. Now, if you're better at geography than I am, you wouldn't have had to look it up like (laughs) that like I did. But Macedonia is the area above Greece. It's still called Macedonia to this day. Macedonia is on the tip of Europe where Europe meets the Mideast, where Israel is, right? So what you're seeing here in this verse is the roots of how Europe came to be such a Christian continent, which they were for centuries, really. But it is very important to point out that the Holy Spirit didn't send Paul to Europe because he loved white Europeans more than he loved black Africans or Eskimos or Chinamen or anybody else. God just knew that Europeans would receive the gospel faster than anybody else. And then the the gospel of the grace of God would get out faster if it started in Europe. And that is not a racist thing to say. That is a generational thing to say. You see, at that time, Europeans were more open to the gospel and Tons of them got saved, believed the gospel, and then sent the gospel out to the rest of the world. But eventually, Europe got to where people were not as open to the gospel. And if you go there today, you'll see that it's not very popular at all. How many of you know Doug Cox, the former director of Northern Grace Youth Camp? You may have met him at some of our conferences. Uh, He told me that he and his wife were visiting in Norway some years ago. His wife is Norwegian. And he said we were in a restaurant and we did what we always do. We bowed our heads and prayed over the meal. And he said they got looks and even comments from other people in the restaurant, comments that were just hostile. But before Europe got like that, they sent the gospel here to the United States. 
and to a whole lot of other places in the world. So listen, God knew exactly what he was doing when he sent the gospel to Europe first. And we can even see proof of that in the Bible. Uh, Look what Paul wrote to the church that he started in Greece. Thessalonica was in Greece. Still is. <laughs> they didn't move it. First Thessalonians 1.8, Paul wrote them, From you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place. Your faith to Godward is spread abroad so that We need not to speak anything. Paul says, you guys preached the gospel so well, and it got out so far that I didn't have to say a thing. I could have retired. Now, he didn't want to retire, (laughs) but he could have. In other words, he wasn't doing it himself anymore. He trained other people to take the gospel out. And listen, the Thessalonians in Greece weren't the only Europeans who were sounding out the word of the Lord. In your next reference, in Romans 1.8, Paul said to the church in Rome, your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. That means the Roman saints who lived in the European country of... Italy, they too had been so open to the gospel that they believed in such great numbers. And then they sent the gospel out to the, well, the known world, the Roman Empire at that time. Now maybe you're wondering, well, how did they do that? How did the churches in Rome get the gospel out to the whole known world? Well, did you ever hear the expression, all roads lead to to Rome? When the Romans got finished conquering the known world, (laughs) they built roads to all the furthest reaches of their empire. They did that so that their armies could travel quickly to any part of the Roman Empire to squash any rebellion that rose up. And I was thinking about that because right before the Bible conference we had in England a couple of years ago, our host, Marcus Emerson, he took us for a walk through the, his hometown, the town of Ulster, they pronounce it. And he pointed out as we walked along some, some red lines along the road. And he said, those mark the place where the Roman road used to go right through the middle of their town. And folks, that was way up there in northern England. That's a whole long way from Rome and Italy, ain't it? I left a picture of those red markings on the bulletin table. If you looked at that and said, what is this picture of a parking lot with red markings? (laughs) That's what it is. Some of those Roman roads are still there. They should build roads around here like that, huh? (laughs) 
There's a picture of some of the of an actual Roman road there too. It's uh, it's pretty well kept up. You can tell they've uh, been keeping it up, but it's it was built by the Romans. The Romans built about a quarter million miles of road. And here in the United States, we only have 160,000 miles of interstate. <laughs> That's pretty much what, what these roads were, interstates. But listen, missionaries could use the Roman roads too, and they did. And they got the gospel to the, to the known world. Of course, it helped to get the gospel out when Paul, when God allowed Paul to get arrested. <laughs> because the Romans put him in the VIP prison right below Caesar's palace. And Paul, by that time, was so famous that he wrote and told the Philippians in Philippians 1.13, he was writing from the Roman prison cell, he said, My bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace and in all other places. Everybody in the palace heard that Paul had been locked up in their slammer. <laughs> and all of the royals a few floors above him wanted to go down and meet this famous prisoner and take a selfie with him or get him to sign something. And we know some of them got saved because Paul closed the letter to the Philippians by, you know these words, in Philippians 4.22, all the saints salute you, chiefly they of Caesar's household. People in the royal family got saved. There's now saints in the royal family. And once news of that traveled down those Roman roads, it became acceptable to be a Christian. He might even say it became posh to be a Christian because people like to be like the royals, you know. Well, as we go on next, something else changed here in Acts 16. Uh, first, look back at verse 6 where it says in your Bible... Now, when they had gone throughout Phrygia and the region of Galatia, Paul in this passage has just passed through Galatia, right? And that's where something happened, something that Paul talked about in Galatians 4, 13 to 15. Later he writes those same Galatians and he says, you know that how through infirmity of the flesh, I preached the gospel unto you at the first, when I was first there with you. And my temptation, my testing, which was in my flesh, ye despise not. If it had been possible, you would have plucked out your own eyes and you would have given them to him, given your eyes to me. Now, when it says, I preach the gospel unto you at the first, Paul was first in Galatia right there in Acts 16.6. And at that time, he had some kind of infirmity in his flesh that must have involved his eyes because the 
after the after Paul led the Galatians to the Lord, they, they were so so thankful to him that they said, Boy, we wish we could give you our eyes to help with your infirmity. Now, health issues like that were were not a problem in the past because if you had a problem with your eyes or you were lame or whatever you had, you just go see a Jewish kingdom prophet like Elijah or Elisha and they would heal you of your infirmities. And you know what? The Apostle Paul had a Jewish kingdom prophet traveling with him. Anybody remember his name? We read about him at the end of chapter 15. It was Silas. But the dispensation was a changing. And Silas couldn't heal Paul of his infirmity in the flesh. So, Paul did what you would do if that happened to you. Something we read about in 2 Corinthians 12, 7 and 9. He prayed. There was given to me a thorn in the flesh. For this thing I besought the Lord three times that it might depart from me. Lord, please. And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in your weakness. When nobody could heal Paul, he prayed and asked God to heal him. And the Lord said no. Because in the dispensation of grace, God's strength is made perfect in our weakness. In other words, when you're physically weak, you're spiritually strong. And that's the way it's been for 2,000 years now, right? But now, that dispensational change called for another one. One that we start to read about in verse 10 in your Bible. After we had seen this vision of this man of Macedonia, how they could tell he was a man of Macedonia, maybe his dress, maybe his accent, or maybe just the fact that he said, come over here and help us in Macedonia. But either way, after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. Now, remember how I've told you often over the years in the past how the little words in a verse are sometimes the most important? See that little word, we, there? That is not the same pronoun that we saw up in verse 6. Look at verse 6 in your Bible. Now when they had gone throughout Phrygia and the region of Galatia and were forbidden of the Spirit to preach in Asia, after they were come to Mysia in verse 7, they essayed to go into Bithynia. And we've already talked about who the they were. It was Paul, Silas, and who did they pick up in the early part of chapter 16? Anybody? Timothy. They're the they. But when verse 10 changes the they to we, that tells you that the Apostle Luke, the guy who wrote the book of Acts, has now joined Paul's party. 
And that is not a coincidence, folks. What did Luke do when he wasn't busy apostling? <laughs> if you forgot, look what Paul called Luke in Colossians 4.14. Luke, what? The beloved physician! And Demas greets you. Luke was a medical doctor who had to become Paul's personal physician when God stopped healing his people. Luke wasn't busy apostling anymore because the, the kingdom program had been shut down. So he dug up his stethoscope and dusted it off. And he starts traveling around with Paul, ministering to all of his afflictions, not just his eye problem. I said, if you think you got aches and pains, imagine what Paul had after all those whippings and beatings and all that other abuse that we read about in our scripture reading this morning in 2 Corinthians 11. I mean, Paul probably felt like somebody somewhere had a voodoo doll of him. And they were using it as a pincushion, just putting things in there, you know, like that. Like you feel in the morning, you know. You know, we actually can see a type of another dispensational change in the, in the way that this vision appears to Paul. In the Old Testament, God himself used to appear in visions to men to give them messages. Or, or he would send an angel to appear in dreams of men to give them the message that he wanted to give them. That is not what's happening here. Paul sees a man in his vision. That typifies how today God's messengers are men, not angels. Men like you, if you're willing to be one. Women like you, if you're willing to be one. Now, if you think I'm reading too much into that, I'll give you a challenge. Check it out for yourself as you read your Bible through next year in 2023. And you'll see that God never conveys a message to men in a vision himself. Uh, I'm sorry. God never conveys a message to men by making a man appear in the vision to men until the age of grace gets started. Like here. Actually, it started in Acts 9 when Paul got saved, right? The dispensation of grace started. And what did God tell a guy named Ananias in Acts 9, 11, and 12? Go inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. He just got saved on Damascus Road. For behold, he prayeth and has seen in a vision what? God talking to him, an angel talking to him? No! A man named Ananias coming to help him. God gives him a vision of a man coming to help him because that's how God helps us today. By using men, not angels. So why not determine to be somebody's angel this week? 
Why not determine to be somebody's angel every week in the coming year? Now there's a New Year's resolution for you. And there's still one more dispensational change pictured in this vision. In the past, God appeared in visions to the Jews ordering them to do things. In this vision, Paul is being begged by a man to do something. That's the difference between law and grace, folks. Under the law, God ordered the Jews to do things through Moses. Today, under grace, he begs us to do things through Paul. Paul begs us to do things 21 times, folks. Now, in the Old Testament, God never begged anybody to do anything. It was always, thou shalt and thou shalt not. That's commanding. That's not begging. But under grace, Paul begs us to do things 21 times. He uses the word beseech, which is one of the Bible words for beg. But it's one of his favorite words almost two dozen times. He's begging you as a member of the body of Christ to do something. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. Let's compare what Moses and Paul said about walking in God's ways in your last few references here. In Deuteronomy 5 and verse 33. God says to Israel, ye shall walk in, well, I'm sorry, this is Moses, ye shall walk in all the ways which the Lord your God hath begged you to walk in, no, commanded you to walk in. But Paul tells us in Ephesians 4.1, I beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. And in 1 Thessalonians 4.1, he says, we beseech you that ye walk and please God. And you do it more and more. Did you catch the difference? God commanded the Jews to walk in God's ways. And he begs us to walk in God's ways. Folks, you don't have to walk in God's ways. But the more you find out about all that God has done for you in Christ, the more you'll want to walk in ways that please God. You know, back in the 1950s, a grace believer named Herbert Palmer, I think he lived in Colorado, he published, he was a grace believer, he published in some Christian magazine or other an article about Paul's gospel, rightly dividing the word, Pauline distinctive truths. And over in the Philippines, some Christians saw it, read it, and believed the grace message. And you know what they did after that. They wrote a letter to Mr. Palmer and said, come over into the Philippines and help us. Just like what we saw happen with Paul. And Joe and Vernon did. Joe Watkins, Vernon Anderson That's how God works in the dispensation of grace. But if you see a brother or a sister in need of your help, folks, 
don't make them beg. Be their angel today. Amen? Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank You that we're able to identify these transitions in this book of transitions. We're thankful, Father, for Your faithfulness to the people of Israel because we know that now that the ball's in our court and You're using us instead of the people of Israel to do Your will here on earth, we know You'll be as faithful to us as You were to them. We pray that we might be faithful to you and be somebody's angel today. And we pray it in Christ's name. Amen.